Skywalker. You will die. And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. making animated Star Wars. Hope Molinax and Chris Honeywell will be on the case. Welcome to Jedi and Jedi, a project that began with Clone Wars and now they never end. Hi everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of Guys and Jedi, a weekly podcast talking about something Star Wars. In this episode, as you probably saw, from the title card and the title, we are taking a tiny break from Andor. Look, we actually slightly planned something. Like, please don't get, you know, we, we planned something somewhat for once. So we are here to talk about the 40th anniversary of Return of the Jedi. I am Hope. This is Chris. How you doing, Chris? Good. Like, literally, it was sheer dumb fucking luck that I realized that was the week of Return of the Jedi. And I was like, Chris. Let's talk about it. That's about as far as... This is as much as you're ever going to see us plan. (laughs) What? Like, didn't I just, like, message you? And I was just like, how many weeks ahead are you? Are we? And you're like, two. And then I counted. I was like, Chris, we're two weeks away from Return of the Jedi's 40th anniversary. If we record now, we can slide in the episode and look like we actually were good at podcasting. Yeah, I can talk about... Return of the Jedi for <laughs> forever. Long time, yeah. If I have to. Ah, uh, are you? Uh, uh, have you had a good week? Also, happy uh, week after May the Fourth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I hate to say it. I don't. You know, it's just. It's just a cooked up thing. Whatever. Hey. I. I do so much. I do so much Star Wars that it's like I'm I'm not gonna do, play the you know I whatever it's East, what? it's you're Christmas do, it's Christmas every day for me. You're not gonna do uh May the Fourth, uh the Fifth Strikes Back, Revenge of the Sixth. No, they the, they had an they had they, there was another one that they had uh um this is the May where you just do the whole. I whole saw month. that floating around and i was like okay yeah. guys calm down calm down <laughs> calm like like yeah and apparently people are like but all day every day i'm like we already have star wars all day every day it's called disney <laughs> so you doing all right this week yeah me too yeah busy busy week busy busy with like work and editing stuff but like not much exciting except i went went garage sailing for the first got my first garage sale glowed in for the the summer so that podcast is starting up again not the most spectacularly like oh you know like 
like all the good stuff I got, I got in the first half hour of garage sale. Like, and there was this big community garage sale that happens every two years. And the first time I did it, I spent a hundred dollars on it and selling the stuff that I got there supported me for like eight months, almost a year, almost nine months. And it just keeps getting, we went to probably like 50 garage sales, but it was just garbage for the most part. But like early on in the day, like I got a Impala skin, like a, the, the. Yeah, you were telling me about that. Like you found animal skin. Like taxidermy, like it's the face with like a strip of its back and neck, so you know, weird. this like hanging piece of leather. And, uh, oh, I got a, um, um. I, I keep wanting to say tenor, but it's not tenor. What's the, what's the deep, um, for when you're talking Bays. about baritone? I got a baritone, baritone. Oh, baritone. I got a baritone ukulele. Oh, cool. Which it's funny. That was the first place we went. It was a, um, estate sale and, it, and the guy was just like, I like the look of the pictures from this. I think it looks like interesting people. And the two guys I was going with, one of them was my friend Mike, and we were pulling up to the house. He's like, I think this is the woman that I work with, used to work with at RIT, who's like my RIT mother that lives here. And he's like, Yep, it is. And her daughter was there running the sale, and her daughter like actually sang a song with our band like many years ago when she was like 14 years old or something like that. And, uh, <laughs> we did, that was the first place we went. That's where I got the ukulele. Hmm. Very, very strange. But ukuleles are like one of those things that I kind of always wanted to learn how to play, but just never did. It's super easy. Super easy. That's what. Yeah, that's what I've um, gathered. They got plastic strings, so they're easy on your fingers. And that you you open tune them so you can just lay your finger straight across it to and it'll form a chord. So you can like even at the most like bass level, if you could just go dinka 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 dinka, you can just move your finger around and it'll sound pretty good, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I had a good week. I uh, went to free comic book day uh, at my store, which was great. Um, with all the respect in the world, screw you, Daniel Jose Older, for hurting me again with High Republic. I love you, but I also don't like you right now. I will always love you, Daniel, but I'll never... I, I don't always like you, because you hurt my feelings again with my girl Lula. Anyway, uh, but yeah, I went to a free comic book day, which was fun. Um, and, I, and I looked out, too, man. I happened to go down there where they had, like, the city block blocked off and I could get easy parking which just never happens because my store is tiny and it only has like four parking spaces so that was great and I got to eat out of food truck so you know what'd you have out of the food truck it was like this like little um like fish and chips thing it was really tasty um because they had it happened to be like my um okay so my store is a mechanic bike shop that's been turned into a comic book store but it has a super tiny 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 like parking lot as i said it just happens to be right next to the town square and it happened to be like city of tucker day so like they had the entire town square shut down and the parking was open across the street at the high school and i can never park at the high school because it's a high school and it happened to be open and i was like nice so i was able to park and walk over and i got food 
and comics, and it was great. And I was like, this was a nice coincidence. And I was talking to Jamie, who is the, the in charge of my uh, store, and Jamie was like, yeah, it was sheer dumb freaking luck. <laughs> She's like, there's so many people just coming by just because of that. Thank goodness. And I was like, yay! Support your local comic book stores, kids. That's a, that's a short version. That was, a, that was we, interesting we to me. We didn't make it to free comic book day, but it's okay. Yeah, I also got an Animal Crossing book. I finished the Rebels manga, uh, my collection of that, so that's great. I was happy about that. And I got nearly every issue of Phase 2 of the High Republic comics. I'm only missing four now. So I only got was... one comic book garage sale, and that was a Radioactive Man comic from The Simpsons. Oh, nice. And uh, uh, I, totally, I totally forgot what I was going to say. Uh, anyway <laughs> yeah so i had a good week yeah just busy working um and yeah oh my goodness but we are here to celebrate the 40th anniversary it is the 40th right yeah yeah it is 40 okay <laughs> i couldn't remember if it was 40 or 45 40th uh, it's 15 the... years old oh so now everybody knows how old chris is <laughs> It is the 40th oh. anniversary. <laughs> the 40th anniversary of Return of the Jedi. Uh, we are here. Uh, this is going to be loosey goosey. Uh, I don't really have a thing, but we just thought it would be cool to talk about it. So, I, I want to hear from you first, Chris, because like you, I'm assuming you saw it in the movie theaters, right? Yes. Yeah, I have a little list here. Yeah. Of, of so my, I uh, like besides like you know making of stuff just. Just what I have, Return of the Jedi. I saw it in the movie theaters many, 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 many times. Like I by, by fifteen years old, fifteen years old, I was in I was in Watertown, staying with my mother every weekend, and Gardner and I were just like sliding off to off to the, the theater, like as as many times as we as long as Return of the Jedi was there, we were going to catch a, a viewing of it. Um. I got it on VHS. I own it on DVD. I have it in comic book form in at least three different forms in the super special magazine format, the comic format, and the gigantic treasury size. I have the photo novel for it. Um, I have several, many, like probably like five or six, seven, eight different variations of the either the novelization in different forms or like the the kids storybooks or or different different version young adult novelizations of it so what uh, you're saying is that you hated the movie i've got it on i've got <laughs> i'm not done yet i'm i'm halfway down my list oh my god okay i got Go on, i got sorry. i got it on i got the um um Oh, uh, I keep wanting to say BBC, but it's not the BBC. The American version of the BBC. NPR, NPR? did NPR did the radio version of Return of the Jedi. I have the script form of the radio version of Return of the Jedi. I have the script form of the movie of Return of the Jedi. <laughs> and I have the story of Return of the Jedi on vinyl adaptation of it. So, yeah. I like Return of the Jedi. It's my least favorite of the original trilogy, but that's not saying much, you know. If I had, it's like saying that it's chocolate instead of fudge. 
It's it's chocolate instead of dark chocolate. I don't like fudge. I'm not a big fudge eater. I feel like we've had we've had this we've probably had this conversation before. We have. But like there, you know, it was it's in it's the weakest of the trilogy, I think, just by the function of it being the end and coming up with a uh, you know it could have had a little more the character development of some of like Han Solo and you know Princess Leia and stuff they just sort of get their stuff not even not even Harrison Ford but the the Princess Leia stuff is just sort of like popped in here and there and stuff but well if you really break it down like A New Hope is Leia's movie Empire Strikes Back is Han's movie and Return of the Jedi is Luke's movie I, yeah. I like when it Although comes to kind of like main yeah, focus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thematically, but Luke gets Luke gets all all three movies <laughs> pretty much as the star. But yeah, 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 yeah. But like, yeah, Harrison Ford doesn't really have much to do in it, you know. Besides, and a lot of people were really upset, like that the the first set piece takes up so much of the movie without really advancing the story any. It's just like getting everybody back together. I but love that, the opening set. It didn't piece. bother me. No, I, I, it's, it's, it, it needed that reintroduction after three years. That's the thing. Each of these movies had three years between them, so you had to sort of reintroduce everybody and and stuff. And everybody, you know, everybody'd been hanging on the cliffhanger from Empire, so they had to, to do that. And that's a really great set piece too. And so. That's what Empire, Return of the Jedi is, is a collection of great set pieces and all the drama is with Luke and Vader and the Emperor, which is that part, that, that aspect of the movie is fantastic. <laughs> fantastic! So, well, what did you think the very first time you saw it, though? Like, you, you, you know, like... You went I off. Loved I loved it. it no, was... wait, 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 wait. I'm gonna build this. You were a young Chris, Chris, and like, young Chris was like, oh man, I love the New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, but all that Empire Strikes Back ended on like such a dark note. And holy cow, he's his father. What's gonna happen? And then little Chris goes into the theater. And what was the? Actually, let's start with that. What was the buildup for Return of the Jedi like? Oh uh, well, little Chris was spoiled. Little Chris got a copy of the comic early. <gasps> you have told me that, but tell it again. I I, I went into the 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 bookstore in in Watertown, where we bought a lot of our comics. We didn't buy a lot of comics there actually. Their comic section wasn't the greatest. They had good magazines and books and used books too. But and the guy who ran it hated us because we were kids. He hated kids. And I was in there, but I bought a lot of stuff in there. And I was probably pretty, I probably wasn't obnoxious. And one day, um, I was uh, buying a bunch of books. And I saw down below a whole bundle with a tied with, with string of the comic adaptation of Return of the Jedi. And I go, are those for sale? And he goes, no, those just came in. They, I, We can't put them on sale for like another month and a half or something like that or two months or something like that. They they, they can't come out till the movie comes out. And I go, I'll give you $5 for, for one of them. And he just looked at me and he looked at the pile. He looked at me and he looked at the pile. And I mean, like, 
you know, the 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 comic was two fifty, so I was doubling the price. That wasn't like I wasn't. That wasn't a good bribe. He was just like, "Hey, this kid's uh, this kid's uh, going for it." So he said, "Okay, I'll do it." And I was like, "Really?" <laughs> <laughs> and I walked out of that store just like, "Holy shit! I'm a wanted man." Like Lucasfilm wants would want to like take me off the face of the earth right now. <laughs> And, and so then I sat down and I read it. Oh, I read it. Like there, there was no way I was gonna gonna be able to resist. You want to hear what's really evil? Is I called up Scott Gardner and I was like, "Hey, guess who's uh, Luke's sister?" <laughs> oh no! <laughs> and he didn't believe me. He's just like God. bullshit. I'm like, I got the comic. He's like, bullshit. You do. It would be so, and like what's so interesting about that? Because like he, I used to work at a comic book store, and one of the things of like how things would get quote-unquote leaked is like we would get our big preview magazines because we would need to like order stuff ahead of time and people would be like oh there's a so-and-so funko in the marvel movie that's out four months from now and they would throw it online so it's just amazing that you got this entire comic like back then when nowadays it'd been like scanned and thrown up on the internet yeah 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 yeah, no, it was it was it was only amongst me and whatever part of my social group cared, which was probably Scott Gardner and his uncle and his cousin. <laughs> we didn't have a big we didn't have a big group of Star Wars fans back in those days. So So then little Chris so little Chris went in with the knowledge of what he happened. knew how it all played out and just needed to see it but the thing is you know reading the comic book is not seeing the special yeah. the special effects set pieces I think the part like for 15 year old kids for like me and Scott Gardner and like the kids in the audience the part that was the little kids were loved the Ewoks the older kids hated the Ewoks but the speeder bike chase was state of the art and it was something completely new for Star Wars. Everybody was really disappointed about having another Death Star. But that wasn't the focus of it. So it, w- it was kind of okay with me. The focus was about what was going to happen with Luke and his dad. And and uh and the the you know the the um space battle at the end is one of the most like at the time was the most like complicated and insane special effects sequences ever put together. You know, that many spaceships flying independently around on a screen was a pretty big deal. So all the set pieces were like, you know, amazing, you know, in, in that movie. And, uh, it was the first star Wars movie that had a little bit of a Disney feel to it. And that was a little weird. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, I still it, it didn't it didn't have that that pure realism. Sometimes it looked like like sets, you know, sometimes part of the Ewok village looked like a set, you know. But minor minor things. Everybody was disappointed with the soundtrack because it was only a single album instead of a double album for the first time. Had to wait until the 90s before they dropped, you know, the whole all the music for it. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was as satisfying as an ending as you could uh, imagine, you know, as an adult now, I think it would have been a good idea to kill off Han Solo. But as a kid, I wouldn't have uh, I wouldn't have been too happy about it. (laughs) 
<laughs> but then how could we kill him off in the uh, movie? Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> how could we kill him off in, like, Force Awakens or whatever? Yeah, okay. But, yeah, yeah, well, maybe the Force Awakens would have been a little different, but... Else. I think that it should have been. Yeah, yeah. It, narratively, it would have it, it, it made it would have made perfect sense. But George Lucas just did not want to kill any of the major characters off at all, so that was just not happening. <laughs> Except for Darth Vader. <laughs> yeah. Well. But, but yeah, no. I, I mean, I probably saw it like the the when it first came out. We probably Scott and I probably went to see it like ten times. I loved it. I still love watching it. There's nothing. There's no boring, no boring parts. You get your first, you know, look at at Mon Mothma. Mm-hmm. Um. What that's, else? It's, that's okay. no, no. Here, here's the important question. Do you prefer the originals? Because you saw the original versus the updated ones. Yeah, for the most part. For the most part. I I like um, Hayden Christensen at the end better. I think that makes more sense. You know, now that it's, it keeps making more sense as time goes on, as the character of Anakin. You know, that's sort of... That's sort of like what the representation of Anakin would be, you know, mm-hmm. right? Like the Anakin would manifest rather than the guy we saw his face for two minutes in at the end of this movie. Um, other than I, that, I, I, I will say I like the celebrations across the galaxy. I, I think instead of and like nothing against the Yub Nub song. But I think it, I do like seeing the celebrations across the galaxy because I feel like that kind of like ties everything together. Yeah, in a the, nice the, the up and up song was awful, and it was not a song that like an indigenous tribe of Ewoks would come up it, with. It was too pop, and and the song that they replaced it with was better, but it was still also a like sort of like overproduced world beat <laughs> type of type of song. <laughs> <laughs> but it was closer. But I'm gonna throw in the garbage, burn, cover with lighter fluid, and burn the fucking song and dance sequence at the beginning. With thigh noodles? Yeah. How dare you? She's it's great. It's terrible. It's She's terrible. Great. No, I'm gonna fight you. She's great. It's size noodles, the thin fatale of Clone Wars. Yeah, How but dare. it's not. Fe- it's not size. She's there. But she's she's it's amazing. That- it's that guy with the big mouth. The uvula is doing the song. Yeah, that's that. I could do without him. I'm okay with Lofty Neck. <coughs> Size noodles with lips, you know, lips on the end of a stick and stuff is is fine. It was that it was that song and dance sequence they added for the the special edition that, and that. But that's like they they re, they. Uh, what's funny is what's been going down is this soft, like, release of of Return of the Jedi in the theaters. And I started seeing all these people going to see Return of the Jedi for a 40th anniversary release, but they 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 released it at very few theaters, and and it was obviously a test to see what would happen. And I guess 
the each theater made a huge amount of money relative to what like a, a release like that where you don't have to make the movie you don't have to spend money on the movie and they didn't spend any money on promotion of it they didn't promote it at all hardly at all enough to get get word out and see if people would go to see it and i guess it was filling up movie theaters all yeah. these pe- all these people were uh, on the i know a lot of people was, who went uh, uh my uh friend of the show uh tim elliott and his wife went to see it with a orchestra uh performing the soundtrack oh that's nice i i got to see that too i forgot i should have added that to the list i've seen it i've seen it in a theater with a with an orchestra performing the soundtrack too but yeah so um that may that may bode well for you know the the uh star wars movies being back on the big screen maybe regularly or at anniversary times or because or i like i had a lot of friends who were just like i because you know it wasn't out for my generation like we weren't born yet and so i had a lot of people was like i've never seen any of the original trilogy on a screen and so a lot of my friends went to see it for the first time um or i had friends who were a little bit older than me who had seen it and they took their kids so their kids could see it for the first time well that's time the thing the is i keep thinking about like oh i saw the i saw the you know the it, it was just they, they they re-released the original trilogy not that long ago it was almost 30 years ago. In a few years, it'll be 30 years ago that they re-released the special editions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I th- what would it be? 27. 2027 will be the 30th anniversary of the special edition re-releases. See, I'm ex- I, I kind of hope they would do like the prequel trilogies again. Like, really? Well, they, they started. They started. Oh, here's an... I want to see like Phantom Menace again on screen. Well, they they released the 3D version. Remember, they were going to do them all in 3D in order, starting <sighs> with the Phantom Menace, and then Disney bought Lucasfilm and scrapped that idea. Oh, and, and, and I don't Luca, remember that. And, Luca, and Lucasfilm had actually put together cobbled a three a 3D version of Phantom Menace together and put it out on the screen. Which I went and saw. And it was pretty neat. There were certain scenes in it that I knew were going to look fantastic in 3D, and they did. And they were all weird little sequences that I always thought the special effects looked weird and had a 3D quality to them. And get, like, there was a shot out of like the royal window, like where you're looking out of the palace on Naboo and could see the tanks down on the street. And that looked really beautiful in 3D. Huh. But yeah, they never got past episode one, uh, and everybody, of course, everybody wanted to see the original trilogy in 3D to see what that would look like. But they would have had to wait two more, mo- like two two more years, to see that, and it just never got there. They should have started out on Star Wars. But yeah, I, I, you know, Return of the Jedi has all the seeds to the Ewok adventure movies to all that sort of post stuff that was like a little lower budget and, and stuff like that. And, uh, I'm, I'm still kind of disappointed. Although, you know, Ewoks aren't spacefaring, so you're just not going to see Ewoks around. I think like in that, that, um, 
show that's coming up, the the little kids animated version. That's like the first real like Ewok we've seen as what a are you character. About? Huh? The the blue one? Isn't there a little Ewok kid in that? He's not an Ewok. He's called a Pooba. He's a new oh. species. He just looks like an Ewok. Oh, I thought it was an Ewok. Yeah, because they, they... You're not the first. But, like, you have to go back to the planet, I guess, if you're ever going to see Ewoks again. So so that's why we haven't seen Ewoks again, except for the Ewok adventure. We don't see him wandering around like all the, like, Wookiees and stuff like that, or, you know, bump into him. Yeah. But they were scandalous, and I think, like... The hate for the Ewoks has pretty much burned off over the years. Because, especially, okay, it's, I'm going to slide in here because what one of the great things that we got from that is we got Warwick Davis. And Warwick yeah. Davis is like amazing. <laughs> you know, he is one of like the Star Wars actors that is cherished and loved. And one of the things that I, I really liked recently is I, I wrote an article about like all of Warwick Davis's Star Wars roles, and the fact that like he's he started here as a child in Return of the Jedi, and he's just gone on to do like so many roles across the franchise. Of course, he's in Willow, um, and he's just this beloved actor, and I adore him. And, and like one of my my personal favorite roles that we got out of Warwick Davis outside of Wicket. Um, is Wessel from who started in Phantom Menace and then showed up in Solo and he has this like little redemption arc somewhere in there that I really want the story to <laughs> like give me that story I want to know why Wessel left Top of the Hut and joined Infant's, Infant's Nest that's a story I need come on guys um, but yeah I I love that we got Warwick Davis out of this uh, and and did you know it was sheer dumb luck he it was supposed to be Kenny Baker who was doing those scenes with Leia and Kenny Baker got food poisoning with the day before. And so Warwick filled in the role as Wicket and like the rest is history. It's the eyes. And, and uh, the fact that he can emote and uh, stick his tongue out through the makeup. That, that's why, why George was like, you, <laughs> <coughs> you come here. Um, but yeah. So I, as you guys know, like I'm not the strongest on any of the movies. I, I prefer television and animation, and, and I prefer television and animation over the movies. As I say, try to say words. Um, but I, I have a super duper hot take for you, Chris. You ready for this? Ooh, okay. You ready? Super hot take. Ready? I, I don't know if I'm ready, but so suck it to me. Yeah. So let me let me set this up. Set up this hot take. Um, so lately for, for work, um, I've been having to do like lists of like 25 reasons we love A New Hope, like 30 reasons why, why we love Empire Strikes Back, 25 reasons why you love Return of the Jedi. I've been do, having to do those kind of things for work. So I've been having to rewatch the movies. And if you remember when we did our, our uh, commentaries of the original trilogy, got like, what, like five years ago or something? Yeah. <laughs> I... I wasn't the hottest on Empire Strikes Back or Return of the Jedi and stuff because, like, I was like, oh, I like can New Hope and stuff like that. So, like, now a few years later, having to actually like really look at the movies and break them down and and, and look at them, and I and I've rewatched uh, recently both Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi in about two weeks. Here, here's your hot take. Ready? 
They're really good. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're really good. You're out of your mind. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're really fucking good. Especially Empire. Like, I I, I, I really enjoyed watching Empire this time around. Um, Empire, I, I still, Empire has... Empire is the best made one. Yeah, of all, yeah. Of all Star like, Wars. it has old school, solid Hollywood writing to it. It Like, that was the improvement over... One of the improvements over Star Wars is they got a solid writer on it, you know, and uh, two. And uh, that really made a big difference. You know, it gave the actors something. Uh, it gave the actors something more to do, you know, to to work with, you know. Mm-hmm. Like my, my <coughs> like the gripes I had with Empire are still there. Like I still think Han's a creepo. But at that the same time, I love Han's character journey. And you actually know what what like really got me between Empire and A New Hope. Every time I watch them and every time I dive into them, I have more and more of an appreciation for Lando. Lando is such a complicated character. Yeah. And it just kind of hit me that like and and it's, it's funny because I was also at the same time writing a piece about Sid from the Bad Batch thanks to our friends Charles. Um our listener Charles uh had a conversation um, on his podcast, Gold Squadron Gaze, about Sid, and it kind of like recontextualized how I thought about the character, and it made me like really think about Lando a lot more too. So then, as I'm rewatching Empire Strikes Back, I hear like Charles' voice in the back of my head, just being like, "It's a smuggler." <laughs> um, that's what Charles sounds like now. Um, but I, I have like like every time I watch Lando more, like I get more and more of an appreciation for him, and I think he's such a complicated character going into Empire Strikes Back when we first meet him. And then when you move into Return of the Jedi, I I love this change where it starts as this, like, where, where he goes to that full transformation of, like, smuggler to general. And he's sticking his neck out for Han, and he's, like, and he's he's working with Leia. It's just, like, the little things, like, when Leia is is in her hut Slayer costume and she's she's captured... Lando, the very first thing that Lando does when Luke drops down to the Rancor pit is go to Leia's side to make sure she's okay. And, like, he is just such a good character. And I've, I've gotten such a more of an appreciation for Lando as a character than I've ever really had before. And it, it took me this long to get that appreciation, but I, I think it's one of those things that when I was a kid, it went over my head. I was like, Lando's bad because he hurt his friend. But like, as a, it, it's really, really complex storytelling with just that's this why one I watched character. the TV show so bad. And like, so bad. So, and he showed up, and, and and oh, so like, you're probably gonna love his appearances in Rebels even more now. I, I find him funny in Rebels because I just like how what he does to Kanan and Ezra, where he's just like, I'm just gonna be nice to your lady friends, and like Kanan and yeah. Ezra are just like, we hate you. <laughs> I need to rewatch that now, actually. It's been a hot minute since I watched any Rebels, actually. No, there's a lot of the Lando from Empire Strikes Back in the Rebels Lando. It, so it's, it's, re- it's really fun. So... Yeah, as it should be, because that's probably the closest. He's probably only a few years away from that, mm-hmm. five, five, six, seven, eight years away from that. But do you prefer? Yeah. Um, because in the 
remastered special edition versions. Um, they added Jabba the Hutt back into A New Hope. Do you prefer not seeing Jabba until Return of the Jedi? Yeah, he's, unne- that be his- he's, he's, he's unnecessary in A New Hope. And, you know, at this point in time, though, like now, it doesn't matter as much. But when it first happened, I was like, you know, it's better to not see Jabba. Because when you do see him in A New Hope, it's just like, oh, this is a guy, you know, it's it's better to have his reputation precede him. And then have him as a as a big guy because that's how it was when you first watched it. Because mm-hmm. uh, like we knew in in the comic book they had like you know you had your original Jabba in the movie that they cut out who was just a guy who looked like Friar Tuck, and and he was supposed to be a special effect anyway. They wanted to do something with him, you know. They just put the guy in there as as you know something for later but um and in the comic book he was just sort of a humanoid alien with sort of like weird like a an elongated face with a, a sort of camel face actually and uh and so that's sort of what we figured you know that they had planned for him originally like when we were kids and saw it and stuff but since they didn't put Jabba in Star Wars, except the comic, and, you know, we all knew, that, you know, um, that um, it was more fun to not, to technically not know what Jabba looked like and then have him be, especially since we'd only seen him as sort of a humanoid in the, in the comic book, and to see, you know, the big bloated Jabba, it was, it was really great, and not and you can't underestimate how great the Jabba special effect was. So like my parents were really into Jabba the Hutt. Yeah, everybody was because it was just a big. He was a big fat slob that. Especially and, Diego Luna because he, please let us have Diego Luna meeting Jabba in season two. Anyway, continue. Yeah, it 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 it, it was it was it was just a a very entertaining special effect and character so i i i prefer it as being dropped on people in return of the jedi i you know it was it was a major it was a major like sort of reveal just sort of great reveal and uh you know and all like all the reviews were like and everybody's gonna love job of the hut when you see him the blah, 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 special effect you know so yeah, I, I think that works better. But now in the course of time, everybody knows what Jabba the Hutt looks like anyway. You know, there's dolls out of him and, and stuff like that. So having him in Star Wars like a little kid is going to go like, Ooh, Jabba the Hutt, you know, so it's kind of cool now. But when it first came out, it was I didn't think it was that cool at all. Now it, it doesn't really matter. Nobody's going to get that, like, have that, like, pure viewing experience to to have that ex- have that happen so yeah eh, it doesn't bother me now all that bothers me is uvula guy <laughs> he sucks <laughs> and he hasn't aged well either you know he's 
he's way too cartoony for Star Wars. You know, he goes he goes beyond something you would see in an animated Star Wars, unless it was something like Visions, where everything looked like that. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah, I hate that. I hate that. That song is awful too, <laughs> and out of Star Wars context. I I do want to touch on Leia for a moment because. I do think Leia has some really solid moments in this. Um, I love the whole, like, saving Han, like, where she's dressed as the bounty hunter, and she sneaks in, and you have that reveal of just Han just being like, who are you? And she, like, takes off her mask, and she's like, someone who loves you. Like, that reveal is so great. And, of course, there's, like, the Hut Slayer. The Hut Slayer. Hut Slayer Leia. I keep saying Hut Slayer. Um, the Hut Slayer Leia is so amazing and probably one of the best defining moments of her character of her just like biding her time. She had to wait and wait and wait. Yeah. And the first, and like finally when she gets to the chance, she just strangles the fuck out and of her. And he's that been spot. like breathing on her and licking around her. her and like yeah. touching her. And oh, it's so great. And like she just gets that moment to just strangle the fuck out of him but I, I, there's so many different sides of leia that i really like like we got to see the sneaky she side to we take got to the lasers her. and just blast the shit out of the <laughs> the barge too at the end mm-hmm. and 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 then there's like little moments like seeing leia's kindness like how she bonds with the wicket she's very patient with wicket she's very kind and like like she's not just like oh it's a creature she's like no you're a sentient being and you can help me and like there's like little things like she's like let's go this way and like wicket's like no we're gonna go this way she's like all right you know you're home better than i do um but But it's just like those are like nice little character moments the big moments of like leia i'm your brother and stuff are just sort of these like are just sort of there, you know, and I do wish like and how do how they handle, you know, explaining it to Han and all that and and all that stuff. It's managed, but it's just sort of that. Yeah, the stuff with her and Wicked and like how she bonds with the whole the tribe because she's Princess Leia. She's a diplomat too, mm-hmm. so you know she that's her role, you know, and and uh, you know the. Uh, but but those are like nice moments. But the big she doesn't have much. You know the the you know her and Luke being you know, there's the whole implication that you know and Luke talks to her you might have powers too and stuff. That's a big implication though, <laughs> you know. And mm-hmm. it's just sort of just like, plop down on the table and she's like, oh yeah, <laughs> I've always sort of knew knew that you know. It's it's very platituded out, you know. It isn't. I do wish that was handled better. I agree. It's 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 not as as yeah. And then it's like Han, Han, it's okay. He's my brother. Oh, awesome. Oh, yeah. Okay, put my arm around you. Hey, you know, it's yeah. It just doesn't. It it's it's just sort of there, you know. All the narrative air is really knocked out. Is really sucked out of the room by your favorite mine. The palp. Palpy. So the I actually pal- messaged. That's, you know, I mean. <laughs> I actually the, messaged. That, that wait, wait, wait. dramatic part is given full, if not overblown. <laughs> I, I messaged. 
I messaged Chris earlier today. I was like, man, Ian McDermott is so great as Palpatine. He's a national he, treasure. He, and, and Chris wrote back, water is wet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's so good. He thought this was his only chance. So he really went special for this. He's by the by, so the time the prequels be. came, he knew he was in all three movies. He could slow burn. He could tap dance. He could ballet. He oh, could do so a pop good. song. He can make him cry. He can make him laugh. But in this movie, he just had this one section. You know, all he hadn't even been at this point. He hadn't even been the face on a view screen. You know, that was another actor altogether. Mm-hmm. So he McDermott had to really like he had to he had to. It was his moment to shine. And oh, boy, he just sat there and like for every scene, he put a whole fucking tube of chapstick on his lips and they spit it up sat in the mirror for two hours in his dressing room going with his lips and his chin and oh I'm afraid you're quite dead yes for hours and hours and hours and then he just dumped it all in front of the cameras and it's fucking spectacular the another thing i don't like about the the special edition is the vader no at the end the the added rhyme to to uh revenge of the sith didn't need it Really? You see, but that's the thing is it, it probably was isn't so bad for you because the original isn't so burned into your head as mine is. That's true. That I I didn't realize that, huh? But it's not it's not uvula guy. See it, you know, it was it's like a like okay, I see what they're doing. But yeah. It 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 doesn't matter. Palpy just Oh my God, he has some fun, and he's so good. He says something to like, like Luke, like "poor little fool," and then like shocks him. I'm just like, "Yes, oh, yeah, you're yeah, so yeah. camping." He's just eating it up. It's just and like when little when things, he's like, blasted, when he's just like, "You will die," and then and, and he like pouts for half a He's like, he's got to change his shorts. He's got to. He's taking the shorts down to his minions and going, "Get me some new underwear." I was just shocking a Jedi because he's just like, "Yeah, yeah, ooh, yes." While he's doing, <laughs> you know, when Darth Vader's standing inside, just like, right now. yeah, it's like, it's like, it's like porn. Yes. Like porn it is, yes. And mm, my death scene, let's talk about. I was going to ask the most about hilarious your death, scene. death scene. Mm, my lawyers were there, yes. Must Yoda's not in this movie much, must get to stretch out his seat. You wanna know or, really? or Skywalker. Look. When Scott and I did our parody of it. Um, um, whatever tapes of that survive, I would, he'll never let them get released because they're so embarrassing, I'm sure. But like the scene we did, we just dragged it out twice until Luke was going, What? (laughs) (laughs) 
Can you turn the teapot off? Luke! <laughs> yeah, they, they stretched out Yoda's death, but yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Something like cute that I found out that if you in some of like the behind the scenes like photos and, and stuff that scene, Luke holds his little hand as uh-huh. he dies and it's really cute. Like, he just holds <laughs> a little hand. <laughs> but like something I was wondering about Yoda's death is so we get the introduction of Yoda and Empire Strikes Back and he's built up to be this big character and then when we get to him in Return of the Jedi he like dies within like three minutes, three five minutes of being back, and that's he's it. He's just he's just Was that got, jarring. Yeah, he's gotten out of the way. He's it's like, you know, there there's there's a lot of stuff in this movie that has to be, you know, we got Yoda and his training and stuff like that. So they needed a scene with Yoda, with Yoda going like. Look, your training is over. You know they had to explain it. So like, and Yoda got. Uh, I mean, that whole chunk is just an exposition dump. You know, it's it's part part A is through Yoda dying, and then part and then whatever Yoda didn't get, Ben Kenobi mops up directly afterwards. You know, and that's it. It's just it's it's dispensed with. You know, and. uh You know what are you gonna do? There was a lot of stuff that had to be tied up. All of it didn't didn't get you know that 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 was the stuff that was sort of sloppy. But like, what are you gonna do? Have a whole twenty minute sequence with Yoda? You know. Well, I, that that's why I was kind of like, was it jarring? Like when you were younger, that they like yes. built up Yoda and then they just killed him off. Yes. Yes, and Yoda was a big deal too from Empire. Yoda was one of the things of you know my mother named her cat out Yoda after that. You know everybody was just like, oh my god, what a great puppet. You know mm-hmm. everybody loved the Muppets, everybody loved Frank Oz, and this was an uh, another step forward with puppets. You know it was Muppets plus Star Wars. Everybody was just loved Yoda. They they did not see Yoda coming. You know. It was it was a very you know it, Yoda's appearance was very similar to Baby Yoda's appearance in people just going, "Holy shit, what is that? What mm-hmm. is that? I love it! I love it! <laughs> I love that thing! I love that thing! Make it into a doll right now! I love it! What is it, Yoda? I I fucking love it! Muppet me! It, it was it people Muppet went nuts. Muppet me. Went nuts. Muppet me. Muppet me hard. I'm ready for it. It was uh, Yoda was Yoda was maybe the like the big thing from the big takeaway like in the like consumer slash masses mindset of Empire Strikes Back. Yoda was just like holy shit, that's cool. It's not it, he he wasn't you know a comedy character that's and and they and they tricked everybody in the audience by having him come out like Fozzie Bear and all goofy and funny and then he's the badass Jedi was such a t- unexpected twist and you know um people just weren't weren't able to think of a puppet as anything other than like 
you know, Sesame Street or the Muppet Show. Yeah. And having it be a character like that was just it was revolutionary in 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 the set, you know, in 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 this with similar impact to the way the first movie was revolutionary with just the, the special effects, you know, it was, um, you know, this. Yeah. So, you know, by by Empire, people were probably ready for a lot more Yoda than, than they got. And then he, he just died. <laughs> he was in bed. <laughs> he made tea. There's been plenty more Yoda since then, though, They've you know. We've, we've be, you know, there's been so much Yoda, so much Yoda since he's died. So it's, it's, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think everybody Even. now is ready for it. <laughs> I know we are, but I actually am ready for more Yaddle. Thank you. <laughs> Give me more Yaddle. Um, so let's talk about, uh, the Vader redemption. Um, I, I actually the the Luke Vader stuff. We'll just say that, like from the fight to the redemption to the Force Ghost, like this fight is so good, and I love how what a cocky little twink Luke is the whole time because he's just like Vader. Your thoughts betray you, father. And Vader's like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm so proud of you, son. No, I'm not. I'm evil, but I am. Oh my god, look at him. <laughs> Like, I, I love watching Anakin just being like, I love my son, but I can't act like it. Because it's so, like, when you know... Well, Anakin yeah, he gets, to turn it, he gets to turn it on him. And, oh. but, but that's, like, when you, like, know Anakin Skywalker, like, watching him in these scenes where, he, like, you can just see <coughs> Anakin faltering, just like, fuck, he turned it on me. Now I have to do it back. Uh, well, you know, he's also struggling because, like, Anakin is a person who feels big feelings at all times. So he's just like has these moments of just like, I have a daughter. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Well, that's the thing is, Luke and and the Emperor both know that 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 Anakin's a big sloppy mess. So (laughs) they're all, you know, I'm sure they can both feel it. You know. But and he's it, just having a lot of big feelings that his son is here. And it was, it was kind of shocking reading it in the comic book, you know, but it, but like, then it was like, you know, like that, like I was 15 years old. I was just starting to get a little more mature and like understanding story stuff and stuff like that. Although not to brag, I'd say I was probably more advanced because I was a, heavy 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 reader you know i was reading everything i could by the time i by the time i was 15 i was a jaded you know i'd read william s burroughs and marquis de Sade by years before by that time <laughs> i'd gotten my hands on anything i could get my hands on and read it you know and like when it happened i was like wow that's crazy and then i was like you know that it kind of makes sense and then i was like you know it kind of was brewing in return or in empire strikes back you know it because at first it seemed like it was just sort of like a plot twist you know kind of a, a a a crazy plot twist and it's like no that's sort of like where the story's gotta go you know mm-hmm. and uh to give it that, especially to give it that kind of like Shakespearean quality too. 
I, I even as a kid, I liked the fact that his dad was just Humpty Dumpty in a suit. I, I appreciate it. A lot, a lot of people were just like, what? That guy? And like a lot of people kind of chuckled when when you first see Anakin's face. But I got it. Like I was like, I loved it. It's a, it, it's, it's, it's a, it's a humanity beneath yeah, the monster. Take the, yeah, we've had we've built up this mask and you take it off and it is the schlub. And, and he looks and the whole and looked, the whole. And the whole part of it, as well as the schlubbiness, is it's it's a cautionary tale that anybody could become a Vader. Like, anybody yeah. could go down the wrong path, and you could be a normal guy, and you could be this mechanical monster terrorizing everything and, and with the right circumstances. That anybody could be but a you're Vader. Gonna like, end that's up why it's being, so powerful. You're just going to end up being a person again, eventually. <laughs> be it, you know... I mean, I think there was a little disappointment because it would have been fun to see Luke and Vader fighting side by side or something like that. But it would have defeated the point. It would have sort of been a narrative cop out. But everybody would have wanted to see that. And it I was mean, little... you would have to like deal with the ramifications of Vader being a fucking war criminal and blowing yeah. up his daughter's home. Yeah, and I think I think the the prequels and like Clone Wars really like. Um, prop up that scene a lot more too, and 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 help it work more. I think I think it didn't take long before people were like, "Yeah, that makes sense." And it's it was actually a, a you know, there were a lot of in that, like, it, people, you know, the the director for this was not a bad director, but he wasn't like a fantastic director, and 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 whatever choices he made and George Lucas made like that whole part where Darth Vader's dying there the like leading up to it are are the really the first handheld shots of Star Wars where the the Death Star is shaking and blowing up and there's handheld shots of Luke dragging Darth Vader to his ship and nobody noticing cuz they're just like oh we're blowing up <laughs> and uh and uh, it's it's shaky handheld camera, and it's it's weird, it's jarring, and it leads into you know Luke talking to his dad and him being like you know a Mr. Potato Head, and uh, I think it was purposely <laughs> done for done that way. You know, it was purposely done to demystify and humanize him, and it was Which it was a really nice like bridge. Worked. Into because because like that that's that's a a debate that's always going around like wh how should you view Star Wars like in release order or in chronological order, um, I I think the whole like there is a man that humanizes Vader is a very strong argument of the release order because once you humanize him in that moment then you can see him as a human in the prequels yeah um, even though it's not how I prefer i do understand that argument because that is yeah. a nice bridge into the prequel era mm -hmm. and you know okay they were it's one through nine or one th or let's just take one through six at this point because that's these characters stories it's one through six but at the same time the story was told six seven you know or four five six one two three and and by that telling, it was done a certain way, and I think it works better seeing it that way. It's better, like, okay, here's the Darth Vader arc. Here's what led up to it, you know? And it 
it's yeah it, i think it works better that way than watching it i think it works fine we're watching it all the way through but it's different it's told differently that way it's it's have it's, you ever watched it the machete order i don't think i have the machete order yeah do you know what the machete order is isn't it you, you, you isn't one movie taken right out or something no it's they're moved around and the reason it's done is it changes up the thematic yeah it makes it it. like the godfather with flashbacks in it and stuff exactly so um so the machete order it, it gives it like the kind of um flashback elements but there's different machete orders. Like people have like their own ones. But like the kind of current one that I see the most is um, a New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, then Episode One, Episode Two, Episode Three. So it is like the flashback, and then Return of the Jedi, and then the sequel trilogy. But I've also seen different machete orders as well. Um, I'm trying. There's one in particular where it's like they going should call to- it the Godfather because that's sort of like the Godfather Two. Like it, it's structured very much like the Godfather and Godfather Two. Yeah, I'm trying to find. Um, there's another one. I can't find that. There, there, there's another one. It was like episode four, then two, then then five, and then one. And then, like, say, like it was a crazy ass order, and like, but when I heard it explained to me, like, it made sense. I was like, no, that makes yeah. sense. <laughs> yeah, I still think that's like an advanced order after you've seen them already, yeah. and you're already a big fan. That like, okay, let me try this little variation. Yeah, that's not what I would do. I don't know if I'd do that for my kids. Okay, so. Yeah, that's the machete order. So it's uh, and a, and a lot of the machete orders just completely skip episode one. That's what it is, um, because oh, it's yeah. technically not in the order, even though it's still partly Anakin's story. So a lot of the machete orders, which episode one is the best. Don't don't. Um, I had one thing I wanted to add about the whole like Vader and Luke stuff, which I find interesting, is the scene that I feel like most people who hate on the Last Jedi forget about is Luke beating the shit shit out of Vader and, like, starting to, like, go down that path and just being completely angry and, like, severing his hand and everything. Um, Because that scene rhymes with the scene of him with Ben. Because he started to go down that order, too. But he, like Luke in, in Return of the Jedi, stops. And the difference is, one is where he stops in time to save his father, but the other one he stops is too late because Ben Solo sees him. And I, it does bother me when people are just like, that's not my Luke. And I'm like, are you, did you watch Return of the Jedi? Like, he did the exact same thing. He went down that path and touched it and then pulled himself back. But the difference is, is that, I hear a kitty. Uh, the difference is, is that his son saw him, his uh, nephew saw him versus facing the emperor am i rambling no not really so i just i i feel like that's like a scene that people forget about a lot and i, and I like how that scene sets up return the jedi that luke could go to that area that he is in that area that he almost tries to kill the emperor in cold blood which you know that's a good thing 
But it's also a dark side thing. They wanted so. him. People wanted Luke to be the noble guy that he was that we saw in the in um, the Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett. But you see what a chump Boba He's Fett is. He's so in boring. He Luke is so boring in those though. That's yeah. the thing. He's so interesting in Last Jedi, well, but he's they, they, so boring in Book of Boba Fett. They want him to be more action, you know, jumping into action. But they want that. They they want the fully fully formed, maximized person, Luke Skywalker. And yeah. No, no. Go listen. Go back to our episodes for Book of Boba Fett. And like, what what did I say was the most interesting part of the, about those Luke scenes when he is going to Ahsoka and he's an anxious mess, going, "I don't know what the fuck I'm doing with this child." That's when Luke is interesting in those episodes. The rest of the time, he's just speaking in platitudes and yeah, 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 yeah. He's a prop, basically. I mean, he is. He's a very, very, very well rendered prop. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But um, let me go down my list. Uh, There's a lot of really fun creatures in this one too, like the Rancor and Salacious Crumb, this the Sarlacc. So uh, we got our Boba Fett dying. Yay. You know what scene I actually really like a lot? I actually really, like, and I'm not the biggest 3PO fan in general. I think 3PO is fine. He serves a purpose. But I actually really like 3PO in certain points of this movie. Mostly when he's um, telling the Ewoks about the Empire. I think that's, like, such a really cool scene for him. And, like, him making the sound effects and, like, having a way to bridge this, like, gap between our heroes and the Ewoks to gain them as allies and like to explain like why this is a threat why they should care and I actually really like 3PO in those scenes well, I think that's Star a really Wars, great also, use for him in Star Wars I think it was Star Wars he'd also said he's not very good at telling stories so like so he got a little arc by this time he was he was a good storyteller yeah, because I do like him in A New Hope. I think that is, like, the nicest use yes. of 3PO. But, like, there are certain things, like, where 3PO... Like, we, I, we talked well, about this. Well, he was this. brand new in A New Hope. C-3PO yeah. is kind of a, like... You, like, he's not a pleasant character to be around. He's whiny and he's fussy and and stuff like that. And, like, you know, by, by Empire Strikes Back, everybody's just like, yo, shut up, man. <laughs> you know? Which you would be in normal life if you were with 3PO. You would stop taking him seriously pretty quickly. So, like, they they, they realized, you know, you had to... A little bit of 3PO goes a long way. Yes, yes. He is like... He is like white pepper. Like, a, you just need a spritz of it. Because if just you put too much... Too much there, white yeah. pepper is going to just ruin it. Yeah. Which I found out the hard way that white pepper and pepper are not the same. And I ruined a whole ass casserole that way. <laughs> well, well, white white pepper. You know how they say like um, um, natural gas is odorless, and they put that that stinky smell on it, so you know if it's leaking. That's what white pepper is. If you put white pepper into something, if you put black pepper into something, you see it. It's it's little flakes in there, and you can go like, oh, okay, I better not put too much pepper in there. I can see it, but white pepper, you can't see it. Like, so you, like if you're not tasting, if you're not like mixing it really good and tasting it, you have no idea how much is in there. You know? Yeah. I just kind of 
realized as we were talking that like outside of the opening barge scene, R2 just kind of vanishes from the narrative, doesn't he? He does he doesn't like the most important thing he does in this is shoot the lightsaber. Sort of shoot the lightsaber and uh get the get the uh um um he and he and three PO like cause a distraction to get the uh the stormtroopers to run over to them while the Ewoks take something over. But otherwise yeah, he doesn't really get to Yeah, he doesn't play as big of a part. To, like yeah. yeah. Can I let my loth cat in? She's screaming. Sure. Alright. I'm gonna get the little loth cat because I know she's just being a big old fussy fuss. Everyone ready? Hi! Come in! I heard you! Yeah! Hi! Welcome to the podcast! Here, you can sit on the bed! Yeah! Yeah! Okay, you can sit on the bed, or you can come sit over here with me, either or. We have a loft cat now, hello. You wanna come sit on my lap, baby? Yeah. Hi, what are your thoughts on Return of the Jedi? Uh-huh. What was your favorite part? Uh-huh. Yeah. Go on. Okay. So those are all of our favorite parts of Return of the Jedi? Okay. So now we have a lot cat, Chris. I got my door blocked for mine. I could hear her screaming all the way outside. So I was like, you know what? I don't want her waking anybody else up. So let me let her in. She can scream at us and give us her thoughts. So, but yeah, like the, um, we get some cool new creatures here and we also get the droids, but like, yeah, I, that's get out of my cheese. That's, um, that's, I don't really have any other strong thoughts about Return of the Jedi. Did you? Um, I, like the, I like the addition of the Force Ghosts. I like, um, has seen Hayden Christensen now. Well, I, the Force Ghosts were in there before. They just had... I know, I know. It's Hayden Christensen. Um, I just say if they if if they keep... if Maybe if they put it in right... If you get a chance to see it on the big screen, which it looks like they might be going in that direction, go see... All the original Star Wars movies play great on the big screen. They just don't age. It's yeah. still spectacular on the big screen, so go mm-hmm. do that. I'm old. <laughs> That's the conclusion I come to since we're looking back 40 years on it. You know, like, okay, so if I was if I was a teenager looking back at something, and it would be like when I think about it, in my brain, I think of it as like the hip, like my parents people my parents age looking back on the hippie days but it's really comparable to somebody looking back to like world war ii era. <laughs> so yeah like, that's how old this is an old movie and for a 40 year old movie so like a for world a war ii era movie watching that in 1980 but you can still watch star wars from the uh, you know this this movie from 1983 you know and uh, it still it still looks sharp on the big screen. It's it's still gonna play, you know. 
So that's pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It looks great, and it's it's fun. Um, it's I agree, it's probably my least favorite of the original trilogy as well, but that doesn't mean it's bad. Um, I find it actually really a lot of fun, and it has a lot of moments that I really like that we, a lot of cool stuff we got out of it too, and, um, you know, we got Black Metal Daddy. Right, Carmilla? Yeah. Yeah. I noticed for The Return of the Jedi, it was a very big critical success, and the critics, I think, were just especially happy that it didn't shit the bed. I think they were just very happy that they were like, this movie can't end on a strong note it just doesn't happen with stuff like this yeah and they weren't they weren't expecting it and when this movie came out they're like we're very happy to tell you <laughs> that this is very that it's actually satisfying and you see things you never saw before and they, they were all very very excited for it i also notice wedge and tilly's more than i i normally do i usually don't like notice wedge but for some reason this time around when i watch it i was like Wedge is in this a lot. Yeah, Wedge. Hey, hey, Wedge comes back for um. He's in the Ardman one. That's right. Yeah, and he's voiced by uh, uh Dennis Lewis. I think is the actor's name is. He's voiced by him in uh, Star Wars Visions as well. I like yeah. it. It was a nice. It was a really nice touch. It was. It was. Uh, Dennis Lawson. That's his name. Um. Yeah, he, he voiced his character again. And it's a funny little role that he's just like, I am Wedge Antilles, and this is my flight school. Yes! <laughs> it was a really good role in Star Wars Visions. Um, I should let you guys know, speaking of Star Wars Visions, while we're here at this moment, um, Chris and I were talking about it beforehand, and we have decided that we're going to slide in Visions um, after we finish Andor before we start Bad Batch. Yeah, it'll, be three, it'll be three quick episodes. So. Yeah, and we're going to do it like how we did season one, where we're going to be doing a three shorts at a time. So, just housekeeping notes, sliding that in there, just FYI. Um, because we both really liked Visions, um, and yes. So, But that's all I really have about Return of the Jedi. Did you have anything else? No, go out, go out and watch your Return of the Jedi, folks. Yeah, and happy 40th anniversary, Return of the Jedi. Thank you for letting us do this kind of, like, side episode. Because, like, Chris and I were talking, we're like, we both had kind of crazy weeks. And we happened to realize this falls just on the, uh, like, two days before the, I think it's, like, two days before the 40th anniversary. So Yeah, and my social it, media fe feeds have been full of people talking about Return of the Jedi. So, yeah, and it made me so. dig through all my books. That's why I got that list. I was like, yeah, I should pull these out as a reference <laughs> for the show and just go through them. And then I'm like, why would I need these books to go through them? I can play the movie in my head, you know, so. Mm -hmm. So, um, well, if that's a, we would love to hear your thoughts on Return of the Jedi. I because I have no um, outline or anything open. I don't have any feedback this week, but we would love to hear your feedback on iTunes, Twitter, the Two True Freaks Facebook page, or our Two True Freaks Discord. Um, and let us know your thoughts on Return of the Jedi. What was it like seeing it for the first time? Were you an original fan, OG fan? Did you see it recently in the re-releases? All that fun stuff. So let us know your thoughts and what is your favorite mo moment in the movie? Le leave us a comment. We'd love to hear from you. And Chris, if that's it, uh, where can people find you? You can find me at tutufreaks.com. That is our website with all of our podcasts on it. And uh, we notice you've been going there and watching them. So keep doing that. Bring new people. Love it. 
you can you can see all our podcasts segmented around by group. You can subscribe to them. You can go to Facebook, and we got the Two True Freaks podcast page where we post up all our new episodes as they come out, the, the second they come out. And we have the Two True Freaks Cantina to hang out in. Um, if you really feel risky, I just had another friend who who ended up having a little bit of his his profiles hacked because of Twitter Twitter funniness. But you can also find Two True Freaks at Twitter. I think people will be leaving alone our Twitter site because it's not a very scandalous site. It's just yeah. release. it's just where you go to find out what shows we release. And that is run by Gene. Gene, the moderator machine. Gene's moderator. A Twitter. <laughs> Just add that to the add that to the list. And he is, uh, he, oh, I know what you're talking about. He is not our moderator. I am the moderator. We ah, worked okay. it out. Okay. So <laughs> you're right about the website. I don't know, like, what has happened, but a lot. Like suddenly, like we've seen a little jump in like people listening to us. So if we have like new people, hi, we're happy that's to have much. you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you for listening. But that's, my where you, that's where you can find me. What can they find you? Oh, Oops. fucking everywhere. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> more and more all the time. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I am actually like in the slow like beginning process of making like a online portfolio. So I'm just in one place, uh, <laughs> and it's all just gathered there and makes it easy. That's what I'm shooting for. Um, but until that happens, you can find me at Hope Mullinex on Twitter and at JGuysAndJedi on Twitter. Those are our Twitter accounts and my Twitter account. Um, I write for the Key Waffle. I just wrote a Star Wars Vision Season 2 review. Please go check it out. And I'm also often on the Geeky Waffle YouTube. So uh, we are working towards uh, getting more subscribers on our Geeky Waffle YouTube, and you can often see me talking on videos over there, and we do a lot of really cool stuff, so please check that out, and subscribe to us, that would be great. Um, and I'm also on Walt the Geeks, I'm a dork at the Force, but the big cool thing that I'm very always excited about is for Light and Dice. It is a real play, tabletop, role-playing game, where me and a bunch of really cool people are really rolling dice and really going on adventures, and we are jumping through the Star Wars galaxy. And we actually just started a Discord channel, so you can find all that over at For Light and Dice. Uh, I, on Anchor, I had I was like, where are we? Where are we located? <laughs> or Spotify or iTunes? You can listen to it whenever any of those places. So go. <laughs> like, what is podcast? I don't know. Um, so yes, please uh, check out For Light and Dice. It's a project. I'm super proud of it, and a lot of our listeners has hopped over there. Like I um. What Chris was alluding to, like, we just made a Discord and I just launched it, like, was it today? It was today. What is time? Um, and, like, several of our listeners, like, came over from the Two True Freaks Discord and I was like, ah! <laughs> Hi, guys! So, yeah, it's a fun project. Thank you for listening. I'm enjoying it, so, yeah. Alright, well, come back next week for our regularly scheduled and or programming. It should be episode 7 announcement, because that's the, uh, that was the, um, what's it called? The uh, outline that I started. So, next week should be episode 7 announcement um, for Andor. So, thank you for going on this uh, Return of the Jedi journey with us. Happy 40th anniversary, and let's oh. go watch Yoda die. Die, Yoda! Oh, t- yeah, yeah. Your death rattles. 
you can go you can go you can go take a dump come back and you're still still dying i want to hear your death rattles yoda hit me Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True True Freaks. Come on.